Here we stand or here we fall. History won't care at all. Make the bed, light the light. Lady Mercy won't be home tonight. <laughs> you don't waste no time at all. Don't hear the bell, but you answer the call. Comes to you as to us all. We're just waiting for the hammer to fall. Uh, I know exactly which song you're talking about. <laughs> it just I lost it for a second there. Yeah. Patrick, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Manny. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I know pleasure. that... Uh, who was I speaking with? I guess... Hunnam. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So is she partner or... Yeah. The okay. lady in charge. The lady in charge. There's always a lady in charge. Absolutely. We I mean, need them. It's very important. One thousand percent. We're actually a, a certified women-owned business. Really? Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. When did you guys do that? I, I, you know, we didn't want to do it. We didn't want that to be our leading card. Okay. But it became something that became a card in the corporate world, and we just went ahead and filled well, out the paperwork. Good for you guys. Uh, Patrick, uh, demo for your Renault Inc. Correct. So we got a lot to talk about today. Let's do some it. interesting things. Let me just do a little few uh, deets here on you guys. Right. You're the operations manager. Triple W demo for your rental.com. Patrick at demo for your rental.com. And then also you guys are on Instagram, which is demo for your rental and also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Correct. Right. So obviously we're going to talk a lot about electrical today. Nice. No, <laughs> we're going to talk about demo and rentering we before can, <laughs> we can be the bright sparks. <laughs> we, can, we can do that. I actually want to just uh, do a quick shout out. Sergey from Homestar Roofing. He sent me a message, a DM on Instagram where he was on top of a roof. He was called in uh, to go take a look at a leak in the roof. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a roofer. And um, and and when I saw the video, there was like uh, it wasn't a roof. It was a pool. It was a pool on the roof. And so there was a big leak. But then as he was surveying the roof and he was walking around, more roofing companies were showing up and he was a little upset rightfully because the client stacked all the roofers to come out at the same time right. to quote the job right and i'm not a fan of this mm -hmm. and i've had this happen to me once before where i was stacked on a job to do a full gut and all the gc's showed up at the exact same time the homeowner and the designer yeah. only wanted to walk through the house once mm -hmm. so as soon as i saw this i went up to the designer who called me and i said i'm not interested i'm gonna bow out mm -hmm. and have a great day take care of goodbye mm -hmm. i don't think it's uh respectful of any client or designer or anybody to stack that i think that you should take the time and effort to speak to each individual trade to come in right. and survey everything properly and, and don't yeah. um, do not do this. That's just yeah. my thought. So yeah. I wanted to just uh, share that, that he did that and he sent that to me and I was like, yeah, I'm in disagreement of that, uh, of people doing that yeah. at all. Yeah. So they, They'll tell you where to stand as a customer then they're treating you as a commodity. And that's not what we are. No, we're not. Right? So it's like, I don't want to begin the relationship that way. Correct. I'd rather build a really healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you show me a little respect, I'll show you a lot of respect in yeah. return. They yeah. don't value the work. That's they're, it. They're, they're looking for price, price, price. Isn't um, that today's economy? Isn't that? It, it, it's rough out there in that sense. But, uh, you know, you know, quality clients will appreciate value. They appreciate value through the whole relationship. And like you said at the beginning, when you're doing the walkthrough, you can value engineer so much, so much in that moment by talking through the different design decisions, how they impact the workflow, how they impact work choices, material choices how many trades you can stack on the job based on the design. So, you know, it all, it all adds up. If they don't value that and they see you just as a price point, I think you're right. Leave the room. It's almost a recipe for disaster. Like, 100%. it's not saying that all situations will become that way, mm -hmm. 
but it almost is a recipe for disaster that it's going to become a negative because you're starting out off as a negative. Yeah, commercial does that. Like when we do commercial walkthroughs, you'll have three of each trade walking to tender through. and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you a fan of it? I don't care. I mean, if if my if my work doesn't speak, if 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 your relationship with me doesn't add value, then I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. I'm I'm performance driven. We as a company are performance driven. We don't we don't believe in nepotism. You know, if you've done business with me for 20 years and all of a sudden I'm not adding value, please don't call me. We we want to be adding value. And we want to have those hard conversations where you call us and say, "Hey, you slipped here or you could do more here. Let's talk about it." We want to do that. It's a good point uh, because uh, a lot of in the custom side of the world, um, everybody shows the best face on the first job. Yes. All the time. The honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, it's the honeymoon. And then all of a sudden the second job, mm, you know, shoes on the bed kind of thing, right? And and all of a sudden the third job, you're like, why are you slipping? Yeah. And then you have to have that hard conversation. You should. And then sometimes the trade or whoever's being spoken to Mm -hmm. is offended. Yeah, they get their back up. Why? Yeah. Why would like you, you're if, dropping the ball? Yeah, and if you're driving for a quality result and and an, and a long term relationship, you've got to do that work. It's like it's like dating, it's like marriage, it's like anything. It's one of the things that Punham really drives in our business is doing having the upfront conversations before we take you on as a client to say this is how we roll. We know that not everybody rolls the same way, and we're totally cool with that. We're not going to tell you how to run your business, but we'd like to dovetail with you and meet on quality levels. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's like very good. So really you guys helps. have seen, like, I mean, you've built your business all on relationships. All, all on, re- on performance relationships, not yes. on nepotism. Like no. You, you won't be doing business with me because we went partying last weekend because I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you won't catch you partying, right? <laughs> well, you know. You're partying on the job site. Maybe on the moment. In yeah. The moment, but, yeah. You, you know, it's about, it's about us adding value. Like, we actually like the work. The guys who are on our cruise like the work. You'll meet them singing on the job site. I'm impressed because yeah. you guys, uh, I gave up demoing long, long a ago. A lot of people do. Right? Yeah. I, di- I didn't want, it's hard work, first of Tough, all. It's yeah. really, re- and, right. you've, and you've got to be educated. Yes, you it's can't be just not, a wild hammer. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it, right? It, it, you got to be thinking, a thinking person when that's it right, comes yeah. to doing this work, right? You're reverse engineering the structure. And you have so many layers of challenges. If everybody had built according to the building code, it would be pretty straightforward. But hey, <laughs> here we are. We're not talking about Japanese carpentry and <laughs> no, it could just not, be I'm, unplugged. I'm, no, 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 no. No, we're talking about Canadian and U.S. construction that it's, this is what worked at the moment. And we're a land of immigrants. Yes. We're a land of immigrants. We bring our knowledge from different places. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we're a land of apprentices. And then we're yes. a land of uh, journeymen who are apprentices who think they're journeymen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, I call it a cast of characters. Correct. Cast of construction characters, yeah. which is, they're always great. It's always amazing to have a conversation with I any love of them. It. I love and it. it's, you'll always learn something. It's a, it's always an interesting day. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how did you, okay, so I know off mic, you got started 20 some odd years ago. 30. 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Wow, you're a young cat. I'm over 21 now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to card you, Patrick. <laughs> Sometimes, mind you, when I do go to the LCV, I'll still uh, pull out my driver's license and just show them just, just to show, get a laugh out of just it. That's because, all. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? What? Can't yeah. I be 19? Um, no, so I, I mean, you started a long time ago, so you've seen this industry change. Yeah, yeah. I came to Canada an idiot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a different time then. I absolutely loved it. It was a rodeo then. Yeah. The job sites were great. Mostly Italian, mostly Portuguese. All immigrants. Yeah, all immigrants. All after the same thing. 
got to set up their families. Yes. Uh, it was a great time because uh, the guys would open up their lunchbox at, at lunchtime and there's a bottle of blue in there, <laughs> a bottle of Labatt's. <laughs> it was like, what's going Stubbies. on? Yeah, Stubbies. Yeah, they're like, uh, I know. And I knew nothing of any other language other than English and Gaelic and barely any Gaelic. <laughs> and uh, I'd say to the guys, What's, what are you doing drinking on the job? And they go, forte, forte. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand signals. It like, was gas. It was yeah, fuel. Yeah, it was, fuel. yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Absolutely. You know, these men, and, th- and even now, those men are not doing anything for their physical body. And like you said, demo is a very physical job. Yes. So these, like we have a stretching routine in the morning. A lot of the guys go, ah, you know, that's a little bit offside. We're not yoga guys. We're not it's this. It's not offside. It's totally it's necessary. Smart. Totally it's smart. Ne- it's yeah. very, Thank very you. smart. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I see a lot of young guys moving as if they're old. Oh, correct. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like I think one of your previous podcasts I listened to was your question about muscular skeletal disorders. Yes. It's 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 because of chronic poor posture, like just poor posture. Learning how to lift right, and we have a lot of fun with it. We hire. We've got a lady we hire. Uh, she comes in. Her her company name, if I can give her a shout out, oh, of is, course uh, you can. Yeah. Just bring it. Just bring it. Just bring it. That's her company. Uh, yeah, her name is Ashley. Sol- Sol- oh my God, Solidera. I'll have to look okay, it up. Okay, no, Solidera. no, but we'll find. Just yeah. bring it, right? Yeah, just bring it. How did you find her? Well, because I wanted to invest in our guys and say we need we need a morning routine. This uh, Sanofi Pasteur has has a facility up at uh, Dufferin and Steels. Okay. So we go in there in the morning to do demo. This is years ago. We're in there, we're doing our demo, and then we're, we're, we're told we have to be quiet at this period of time. We go, okay, fine, it's, okay. A, it's a research facility. They're, they're pr- pushing out drugs. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Everybody goes by us down the hallway with yoga mats. I'm going, we're being quiet for yoga? And that was the case. And I'm like, okay, of all the people who need the benefits of yoga... <laughs> <laughs> we should grab some mats and join in here. So I was like, I, I was, I was, it really inspired me to say, we've got to do it. We've got to build it in. If you go to any corporate office, they, they encourage it, which is correct. They encourage it. So why aren't we doing it? So I started researching. I found Ashley. She, she's a mobile fitness trainer and masseuse. It's just great. She'll do chair massages for the guys on the job site. The guys love it. We bring them in. You get on a chair, you massage your neck muscles, your, your, your back, your traps. And it's like, you know, can you imagine all the cheesy no, stuff I, that goes no, on? No, I loved it because yeah. I would say almost 10 years ago, I invited a good friend of mine who's a massage therapist mm-hmm. to bring his tables Yeah, on the job site. Sure. The framers were complaining about oh. how they were aches and pains yeah. and all yeah. this other yeah. stuff. And then I brought two therapists on board. Mm-hmm. And it, one was a female, one was a male. Mm-hmm. And these were old school Polish guys. Oh, my God. And they man. had a problem with the male. Yeah. But even though the male was doing a much better job than the female, yeah, because yeah. When, when, when one of them actually gave it up and said, forget it, I'll do the male, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, that was amazing. That yeah. felt great. And they felt they felt energized. Yeah, the benefits will get them over their male-female. I know, tendencies. that whole crap, that, right? That, yeah, that's a lot of crap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it's funny that you're doing I got to get Ashley on the show and we Ashley, can talk yeah. more I, about I'll this. I'll bring her in the next time. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great stuff. Are you the only one that you know of that's doing this because i don't know any well other. i don't do any service <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as far as we know we're the only one who is doing it but your crew they see the value for doing they, they this they see it and it's 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 a great breakout for the morning meeting yeah like you can pretend i mean who amongst us can touch our toes actually if we bend our knees we might get to our toes but it's something to be doing it, it it's an icebreaker while we're talking about what we're going to do, what went wrong the day before, what went right the day before, how we're going to do better today. 
So all of that's happening. And clear minds. Clear yeah, minds. Clear yeah. minds. And it switches over from, yeah, clearing the mind. It flushes what's happened all that morning prior to them showing up on the job. Patrick, how many times do we, we used to walk on the job site in tents? Oh, yeah. Tense because oh, yeah. we're worried about achieving the day or we're worried about what wasn't achieved the yeah. previous day. Yeah, or the concrete's coming and the forms aren't ready. It's just tense, tense, yeah, yeah, tense, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And we don't need to be in that state. No, no not at all. No. Makes me want to work for you guys. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So that yeah. was then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, sorry, guys. Don't worry, don't worry. There it is. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I love that you're doing that. And I mean, are there any other things that you're looking at and you're, you're considering, you're looking at the crew and are you paying attention? Because I'm assuming that you guys are um, human and analy like analyzing the crew, like trying to figure out yeah. where are we working well, where are we not working well? Sure, efficiency is everything. Yes. Uh, and not, it, it's a huge benefit. It benefits the crew in terms of it minimizing their work if we create efficiencies through the workflow. So we're always trying to create a path from the demolition zone to the bin. I mean, that's our path. So how can we minimize that path? How can we maximize our movement? Because it's human movement. We are the machines. Yes. In, in, in residential hand demolition, we are the machines. So we're constantly working on that. We've cu currently introduced uh, lean into the, into the organization. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you have Tom Hughes and Paul Akers who do uh, the two-second lean improvement. And Tom Hughes does Improvement Starts With I, two great books. Okay. And uh, the whole idea is to find two seconds of improvement in any one task in a day. So you were in construction a few years ago, maybe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we remember through the 80s, we, uh, all the carpenters had these massive tool belts and rigs on them, breaking their hips, lower back. Damage in the body. The whole thing, right? Yes. So then it, it, then it turned around and it became... You're carrying a bucket with your tools in it, or you're carrying a toolbox. So all of that came from the idea that your tools should be with you, so you have to be efficient. You're not going looking for your tools, right? Yes. So we have to look at that and say, what tools do we need when we're doing demolition? What tools do we need in this room? So there, there are only three types of rooms in a house. There's the empty rooms, bed, bedroom, living room, dining room, entertainment room. Then there's a bathroom and a kitchen. Bathroom and kitchen are the heaviest, right? Yes, They've got yeah. everything in there. You've yeah. got water, electrical, and ventilation, and fixtures, uh, tons, tons of millwork, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. and tile, right? So that that toolbox going into that room is going to be different than the toolbox going into the bedroom. So why carry all the tools with you into the bedroom? It's you're true. Only, you're only doing why flooring make one? Thing. Why make one toolbox? Yeah, yeah, just split it up. It's very very clever. I gotta be honest. I've I've had other demo crews on the show. Mm -hmm. They haven't spoken this way. They've spoken some hints of efficiency regarding the crew, mm -hmm. but not the actual tasks themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they haven't looked at that far. Yeah, I understand. We're, we're we're trying to systemize it that way. We're trying to make it easier for everybody. We're also trying to impress our client. So if you walk in the door and you see work in progress, and it's it's meaningful. So there's two types of demolition. This is my joke. I'm okay. not trying to put anything on anybody. No, no, no. There, there's hand grenade demolition, where you walk in and just rip everything apart. Rock and roll. Looks like a rage room. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> right? And, and then there's what we call clean-as-you-go demolition. So you take it down. Demolition isn't done until it's in the bin. Ripping stuff apart is like the top 10% of the work. The other 90 to 80% is getting it out of the bin, pulling all the nails out of the floor, taking all the nails out or screws out of the stud. 
taking all the wire mesh out of the coving up in the corner so that the next trade can walk in and start work. We want them to work like it's a base building. Yes. So the carpenters coming in, the drywallers coming in, the plumber coming in, and all the other trades coming in behind us should feel like they're walking into a new build ready to go. So it's now, a, it's now all, framing's done, let's bring in our electrician, let's bring in our plumber, let's bring in our XYZ. Right? So now let's begin the construction right. project. So that's our handoff. Our handoff to our client and ultimately the other trades is a space they're ready to build in. Have you found it difficult, Patrick, to keep the crew or find the crew? Because I'm constantly, you're ever evolving the crew. Yeah. And, and I'll hopefully bring it on more people because mm-hmm. I'm sure that you guys are doing really well with sales and, and, and this mindset that clients yeah. will see, well, here's more work, here's more work, and you right. just don't have that, that many right. people. Right. So, so yes, we, we bring in people. Uh, again, Punam, Punam does a lot of work here where she... You should see our interview process. She I wanted to get her on the show, but if she was a little, she didn't want to, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. nervous, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Yeah, it's all she'll good. Come, she'll come, don't worry. One day, one day, yeah, for yeah. sure. But uh, she's got this process where, you know, we've got to meet our workforce at their level. Like, they're, they're not us anymore, right? We're, yeah. we're like, show up in person with our paper in our hands going, this is my resume. Oh, and I work for Joe, and I work for Tony, and I work for Angelo, and... That's how we roll. Yes. Right? They don't roll like that. It's not like that these no, days. No, not at all. So Punham came up with a very unique interviewing process where they they must read two chapters in a book before they come. Any book? No, a book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have to do a two-minute video submission About? why they'd want to work for us. I, re- I totally love that, man. Oh, she's great. An innovator. Yeah. Like, totally innovator because I was doing it the old way for so long. And I was facing a lot of churn. I'm like, I've got this wrong. I need to get out of this role because I'm quite happy to put my hat up when I'm wrong. You know, and I know I'm wrong because <laughs> people are coming and going. Yeah. So I said, we need to find a better way of doing this. And she did. And it's also an investment on your part. Huge. And time. It's a huge investment. You want to give that investment. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're looking at strict profit lines here. It's not going, you're not going to be pulling in the you'll, mega you'll money. You'll succeed to mm. a certain level, mm. but mm. I think there's a plateau with that, Yeah, that yeah. mindset. Yeah. I think yeah. there's plenty of opportunity that when you don't look at that bottom line right. and, pay, and pay attention to the person yes. who's yes. contributing. And, and everything in our world is a person. The person working for us, the person we're working for, the authority coming to, uh, you know, the city inspector coming in through the door, the parking guy bugging us about where our trucks are parked. Everybody's a person. Yes. So truly, it's a person business. Yeah. And they are, they're not evil, the parking people. No, they're doing the a job. They're, they're doing a job. They're doing their job. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. had a number of conversations, and they're all regular people. Uh, they are, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I would say that we as an industry are failing ourselves. Yes. Uh, we, we, we should get together and create a parking pass for construction, registered construction companies. Uh, I would love that, but you had politicians who changed rules here where we couldn't work until 10 o'clock in the morning. Honestly, yeah. And and what trade do you know other than I'm gonna say maybe some plumbers, mm-hmm. s- maybe some window and door installers, <laughs> maybe some posh uh, <laughs> individuals? But the majority of us, what time we get started around seven o'clock in the yeah. morning, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Because that's what the bylaw allows us to mm-hmm. start making mm-hmm. noise. Mm-hmm. But there's that three hour window where we can potentially get a forty, sixty dollar ticket Absolutely, nowadays, which yeah. really hurts because that's our daily yeah. wage. It turns it back. Yeah, yeah it, turns it, does. it back. Turns, turns back the motivation of showing up and getting into work. How many crews you got going on, Patrick? Four crews. Four crews. Yeah, yeah. 
It's been a busy two, three years for you guys? Oh, yeah. We year-on-year year growth. Per Gone, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm, an, I'm always respectful of seeing you guys come in and there's such an old, especially if it's much older home mm -hmm. and you're just ripping out that dated stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to that point where you start to get to the finished part where it's all cleaned up and mm -hmm. it's all ready to go. And it's just, it is a, a clean, like a clean slate, like a canvas. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what I, I say to, to some people, not all people. I say, our masterpiece is your clean slate, your tabla rasa. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really true. Yeah. So yeah. the guys are, and the, I mean, the crew's happy. They, I mean, happy. I, if, I if know there's a lot of frustration and they right. can let it out. Sure, sure. But we talk to our guys very frankly, like Ponemas Institute, th this hard conversations, not, not, not abusive conversations, hard conversations. Say, look, if you're not happy in this role, please speak up. Yeah. No, we know so many people. If you want to be a gooseberry shaver or a plumber, we know people. Yes. Tell us you want to do that work. We'll, we'll make the phone call. We'll get you the interview. We're happy with that. I would rather have that than someone coming in and weeping misery throughout the day. I and, mean, it's and that rashes throughout yeah. the whole. It's very, group. very infectious. I yes. know. Insidious as anything. But the thing is, if you truly respect the person, their day is going to be better working in a different role. So why wouldn't we help them? And besides, you guys have built a network with a business, a successful business that sure. you've met so many people. Right. And we always need you guys, yeah, your yeah, crew. Yeah. But so many people have started with us that have moved on to greater things because prior, I had one lady worked with, Catherine Barnes was her name. She's a, a military medic. Did two tours in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. Comes in, comes back, gets out of the military. This is her story before we met her. Uh, and uh, she went to Georgian College and did an engineering program. Graduates out of Georgian College. Now, this woman is credentialed, and you can't say, she's not tough. She's tough. Like, <laughs> bring you down tough. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she comes to... Um, <laughs> Occasionally, there's a sneeze on the yeah. side. Don't God, God bless. <laughs> uh, Catherine comes in and she can't get work because she doesn't have Canadian experience. Now, most of us, and I thought until then, that was an immigrant story. Yes. But no, Catherine can't get work because she doesn't have Canadian experience. So here she is. She's a credentialed veteran. Right. I have tons of time for veterans. She's um, qualified at Georgian College. Yes. She's got a third level diploma and she can't get a job. So she starts out with us. I said to her, listen, this is way beneath your capacity. Like, way beneath your capacity. Pulling out drywall is not your capacity. You have much more to offer the market, but she can't get into the market. Mm. She does, I think, three to six months with us. Boom, she's working for York Region as a technologist. So we love that. Like, yeah. love those stories. And the same is true for foreign qualified people coming in. We see ourselves as a career elevator for them. Just move them up the chain respectfully and say, hey, you, you never swung a hammer in your life because you're an engineer from a, a third world country. That person's very privileged. Yeah. Right? To be an engineer, to be, to be third level education and qualified in a profession in a third world country, you have to come from a privileged background. You're not the guy on the street who, no. who lucked out. It's harder there than it was it would have been here. Absolutely. So they come to us and they go, am I really going to be sweeping floors and pulling it? Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because you need that on your resume. You need that Canadian experience. 
and and they all move up. It's great. I love it. I love it. There is such a disconnect, though, that I still disagree with the way the government is allowing this to happen. The government, yeah. I, uh, well, I know we, and this could just be a whole rabbit hole and we can go down and <coughs> all the other stuff, but it's just, it's such a shame that they continue to let this happen. Yeah. They're not taking, there's so many missed opportunities with Honest people coming to into this country. Yeah. So many missed well, opportunities. The, the country has to be suffering economically because of that wasted asset. Yeah. You know, if you think of it as an as a intellectual asset, we're, we're losing. But they don't think of it. I mean, going back to your earlier point about, I think the government's just looking at the bottom line. Well, the bottom social... Somebody's bottom line. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? That's the thing about it. So it's like the bottom social economic line. They're not actually looking at the the end game and trying to make Canada... I mean, Canada, you, you coming back and you got into Canada in the 80, 88, yep. late 80s. Yep. It was a much different time Absolutely. than it is now. It was a, 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 a village of a city. Like yes. you really felt like Toronto was a village, but a city. Yes. Now it's not, like you said. But they've, they haven't gotten better. They have never, they have not progressed at all. No. Not progressed at all. They're totally missing the ball. But other nations have progressed. Absolutely. And I mean, Canada has this potential to progress dramatically, but we don't. And, and the capacity. Yes. Like there's endless amounts of work. What were we, 100,000 people short in construction right now, according to the forecast for StatsCan? A hundred thousand. And that's going to increase. That's Ontario. I know. And that's going to increase dramatically. In, sure. in less than five years, it's going to increase. Right. Right. So what do we do about it, Patrick? I mean, you, you guys must be thinking. I thought <laughs> of too. But that means that you'd have to put on your political suit and start being part of them. I, I, I don't want to be part I, of that. I know. I don't, I don't get the sense that you want to be a part <laughs> no, of that, right? No. But finding solutions is a really intriguing thing. Yes. Right? So one of your questions is, you know, what's your beef? Oh, yeah. The, the whole construction bone. Yeah. And what is so, yours currently? Currently, I, I get the sense I, I could have one from you from the 80s, the <laughs> 90s, 2000, and 2000 now. That's what I get the sense, man. But please share all of them or one of them. I got my nails done yesterday <laughs> and it wasn't done right. No. <laughs> it's the um, what we're on about, about getting talent into the workforce. Yes. So we have this uh, immigration amnesty program for out-of-status workers. Yeah. And I got all excited about it when I found out about it. I go, great, this is a great idea because... Okay, let's let's just be frank. Guys coming into construction to work in the labor part of it, not the professional part of it, the labor part of it, are not administrators. They're not. They're not going to be pushing, filling out paper. They're not going to be finding the right person to talk to in any organization. They're just not administrators. It's part of the reason why they're in construction at the labor level. Yeah, we got to respect that, and God help us, we need them. Yeah, like we need lots of people there. But the, the first thing, the first problem with the out-of-status uh, amnesty program was that they, they have 500 openings. Now, if you go to IRCC and do some research on their website and say, how many undocumented workers do you think are in Canada? And then they came up with this number. It's on their website. Okay. It's 500,000. So, okay, if you're a government... And you know that there's potentially 500,000 undocumented, out-of-status workers in your country. And you go, yeehaw, we're going to create a program to address this. We got, Lord knows we know at least the construction industry, not to mention the food industry, not to mention the health industry. All the industries, yeah. Needs help right now. Yeah. How many people will we give, give uh, a shot to? Uh, 500? Like, come on, you're not even trying. Who's actually, who's actually in charge of this? This is got. <laughs> I mean, is it Monty? I I wonder. I don't know. 
Well, he'd be in, he'd be in charge of ministry of labor. So this is all yeah, forms of it, labor. But this is immigration, right? Yeah. So I don't know if he's connected somehow, oh. but it'd be somebody else. But then yeah. there you go. There's the disconnect. How do this you solve a problem between 500 to 500,000? Right. Yeah. So how do you address it? Yeah, absolutely. Too, too small a number. Too small a number. 500 or 500. I don't want to get negative with the unions, but I feel that the political advisors always try to paint a positive picture for the unions instead of the actual everyday person. Yeah, I could follow you there. Mm. I could go really hard there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and it's not that, I, listen, there's plenty of great union workers, like sure. union laborers, and sure. but I think that there is a, a waft of a little bit of corruption when it comes to union organization. Just a waft. <laughs> I don't need my door knocked or anything like that, right? So that's what I'm just saying. I, I've had mine knocked. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a shame. Um, but I mean, so, that's what I mean. So back to this amnesty program. The other thing that we found out through trying to hire people is that to get from, if you look at a laborer, a construction craft worker in our world, right? Coming into Canada, where did it come from in a third world country? Yeah. Right, they come from tough economic circumstances, like menial, hard-working like countries, hard-working countries, hard-working people, very respectful, very capable. What I love about those who've made it through the system and got in our doors is that they won't stop because the sawzall doesn't work. They'll turn around and pick up a handsaw because they have picked up a handsaw, and maybe <laughs> maybe a rock from that. You know, th- being they will solve the th- problem. They, they you're, you're, not not you're not being physician at all. You, yeah. It's true. They are problem solvers. Yeah, yeah. And I get upset sometimes. That's why I'm very respectful of immigrants. Mm-hmm. I get upset when you get the Canadians here, educated mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. come into the workforce here, and they just shut down when a problem arises. Right. Versus an immigrant comes in here and just sees so much opportunity. Yeah. You're on a job site, you've got eight hours, ten hours to work, and mm-hmm. you can learn and you can achieve. And if something does, the solves all stops or whatever, mm-hmm. they figure out a solution versus a solution. the person who's been here will try to figure out, okay, we'll take care of it tomorrow. Yeah, or let's go shopping. <laughs> Coffee break, smoke break, yeah. all kinds of stuff. But it's not; it's a different mindset. So, and then the immigration policies, I, I presume, a silver spoon in the applicant's world. They don't have a silver spoon. They don't have the money to get through the immigration process. And Lord knows there's enough sharks lined up for them. Yeah. Coming through the immigrant in their home country and God knows where else. But let's say it's a thousand. We, we pay a thousand dollars with an LMIA, right? So that thousand dollars in a third world country, how much do you think that means to that person? It's a lot. It's a lot. So why are we doing this to them? So what I would suggest, and, and this is maybe very naive of me. But you go to all the undocumented workers who want to work, and they all want to work. They do. They don't want to leave Canada. That's why they're here undocumented. Go to them and say, hey, do you have a criminal record? Yay or nay. That's black and white. If you do, well, sorry. The government will take care of that. The police will take care of that, whoever. You don't. Here's a job offer from a bona fide company. Yes. In our world, construction contractor. Yes. If in two years you come back to me with two T4s showing you've earned a living wage, you've looked after yourself, you've paid your taxes, you're still not a criminal, you might have got your driver's license in that time. It probably takes longer to get a driver's license. But, you know, you're, yeah. you're, on a, a constru- you're on a path. You're on a constructive path, yeah. yes. Then we'll give you a, a PR. And if you're good at that, we'll give you citizenship. It's that simple. 
are you are there crazy pills in your water there like what's going <laughs> no, on? because sorry. to me that's simple Way it's too simple it's right? very very simple to do that why isn't the government doing that mm-hmm. then you start getting into resistance from different uh, organizations right why why but there's no reason for it there's no reason for it. we're going to suffer people are coming into this country for a reason and we have the bandwidth it's not like they're taking anybody else's job we're, we're losing you go up north you go work up north you pull into a tim hortons only the drive-thru is open and this is in the middle of the summer because they don't have staff to run the dining room. I've heard of this before. I've, I, I know a couple of friends. I know a, a, a friend of mine, he used to be an executive at Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. and he knows a bunch of people who own Tim Hortons franchises, mm-hmm. and he's constantly having to shut down for the day right. because he can't have the staff to come yeah, in. And he can't hold his quality standards. Yes. So if you as a Tim Hortons company, cu- customer want your coffee Tim Hortons way, yeah. and you can't get it. So, so yeah, no, they, they, the government could make it very simple. Could make it very simple, but uh, they would make it very simple if they just stepped aside. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me share a little bit of history and construction here, Patrick. Demolition and construction waste. Uh, annual construction waste is expected to reach two point two billion tons globally by twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's insane. Twenty three percent of all waste generated by the U.S. is from construction and demolition. Yep, up three hundred and forty two percent from nineteen ninety. Yep. Uh, the rate of uh, construction and demolition waste growth was 10 times faster between 2005 and 2018 uh, than it was from 1990 to 2005. Wow. Uh, despite concrete, uh, concrete's long usage of life, most demolition projects are concrete structures. 85% of uh, C&D, con- uh, construction and demolition waste, is uh, in the U.S. is concrete and asphalt. 75% of waste uh, was recovered or recycled in 2018. 95% of concrete and asphalt being recovered. 98% of steel being re- recycled. Road and bridge demolition created 43% more debris. The building demolition uh, in building demolition in 2015, roughly 47% of demolition is to make way for new construction. Repurposing existing structures is found to result in more positive environmental, social, and governance metrics like energy usage and social justice and new construction then new construction sorry so this is very important yeah extremely important super and then you guys are i mean is it true that all of our um contaminated waste goes down south or the majority of it goes downtown no it goes down to the states yeah yeah yeah. that's true huh yeah 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 I mean, from I, what I know, yeah, like that's I'm not I, part of the waste disposal industry. I've only done se. it a handful of times where I had to bring in, you know, the proper crew to come in to bag it properly, seal it yeah. properly. You're talking about asbestos, yeah, lead, all that stuff, and yeah. mold. Yeah. And then it goes, and then it, and then I always ask, and I'm like, "Where's this going?" And it's headed to the states, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, but I don't, why we can't bury it here?" Yeah, I don't know what the rules are or how that works, but it's really interesting around abatement. Really interesting. There's a lot of things that a lot of young uh, renovators don't realize is um, lead. Yeah. Airborne lead mm. is almost as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than asbestos. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of older homes ha- were using lead paints. Oh, sure. And then you guys are too quick to mechanically cut everything, mm-hmm. which creates airborne particles of lead. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not properly respirated and safe yeah. and everything, you're going to have that in your your system. Huge. Huge. That, I mean, is there any... Re- but you guys are super, super aware of all of that stuff. Yeah, we have a DSS for every job. You have to now. I think it's part well, of the... You have to, but you don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, cr- like you said, a lot of people... So there are a lot of very ambitious entrepreneurs who get into construction, into demolition. Respect for that. They, they go in blind. So they go in blind on that level. 
They don't they don't know to ask for a DSS. I don't think it's blind. I think it's they go in looking at the numbers. Well, the potential. They're blinded by the numbers then. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. And, and and then the other blindness is, as we pointed out, knowing structure and knowing knowing what to do and when to do and figuring out what's wrong and what's right with the building. But they they back to the waste thing, ninety percent of the construction waste is from demolition. And we we're we've we've got three different streams to avoid the landfill. First of all, metal's the easy one, right? It yes. goes goes to the scrapyard. Yes. Too easy. So the volume Co- copper goes in my van so I can recycle <laughs> it and get a nice little payday out of it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and all the catalytic converters from the na- no. Um, no, metal's easy. <coughs> yes. So so it's also a problem in residential is that it's happening at such a microscopic level, like a micro scale, that it, it's barely worth handling. So then people say, well, what's the time benefit analysis to bringing half a ton of scrap to the scrapyard? And, and it's zero. Exactly. It's zero. Yeah. You get a flat tire at the scrapyard, you're done. right? So we've built a relationship, with, we call them scrap peddlers, because that's what the scrapyard called them. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm working in Hamilton, if I'm working in Burlington, I'll call the scrapyard and I'll say, hey, have you got any scrap peddlers coming across your scale? And they go, yeah, we do. I said, well, can you send a guy over to this address? Because we're in and out in a day sometimes, right? So if we go do a bathtub, so the old steel bathtub is there. Yes. The faucets are there. Yes. Any piping is there. Any aluminum around the sliding old sh- sliding oh, door. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. All that. We separate all that, leave it at the curb, and somebody will come by and pick it up. So that's the first thing we do. Second thing, we have a relationship with um, five and dime upcycling. So uh, this is David Galley. He, he um, takes old furniture and repurposes it. He does a phenomenal job. Like he, he doesn't just sand it down and, and stain it and shellac it. He, he, oh pu- no. he puts floral prints on it. He turns it into a character and he upsells it. What's his awesome. business called? Five and Dime. Five and Dime. Five and Dime, yeah. Great. Oh, uh. He's a great guy. Like an artesian out the wazoo like he is just such a good guy there's been so many times that clients will just leave furniture and it's your problem Shoot. and then the first thing that you think is just dump it throw yeah. it you so don't need to yeah you don't need to and now with the technology is so good yeah i just take a picture of it and i shoot it over to him say interested and it's, it's that simple and he'll say yes or no and most of the time they, these uh, upcyclers and recyclers have a problem with storage space like because the cost of, of rent in toronto yeah. is so high yeah but and then the other person we deal with is aj from AJ Restorations. She's phenomenal. Uh, she just got featured on, uh, what's Priestley's Demolitions uh, show? The Salvage Kings. Okay. Yeah. So she was just on Salvage Kings. So AJ does the same thing. If we find, um, but, but she makes furniture. So David repurposes it and upcycles it, and AJ makes furniture. She's from brand new scratch or is she recycling pieces or with, with old for old oh, wood, without, okay with, with salvage yeah. wood so if we're in barns we're doing barns so we're, we're doing uh you'll find them as old headers in in some old yeah. houses right yes the, the rough hewn piece of wood yes you'll find them randomly as, as columns so anything like that we find uh we repurpose with aging so there are three streams we want to do more so so we're, we're talking to zero impact and they they have a circular economy so the idea of circular economy, which brings me back to your comment about waste, is that what we're putting into our buildings now, if we look at that from a renewable perspective and say, for argument's sake, what the heck are we going to do with blue skin? Well, it ruins the plywood it's on. It's it gone. Yeah, so you can't repurpose it. 
at I mean, all. <laughs> if you pull off a full sheet of plywood, you might be able to make a waterproof canoe with the brisket. <laughs> on the outside. I don't know. You can do a little bit of something like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so the older buildings are easy, easier to repurpose because everything, like the old nails, no problem. The old wood, no problem. You know, the, the, the old uh, header made out of limestone, made out of sandstone. The granite windowsill, whatever. It can all be repurposed. The concrete, easy. Is there, Patrick, uh, I remember speaking with Paul. I don't know if you know Paul from Avenue uh, Avenue Marble and Restoration. No, I don't know him. He, does, uh, he does a lot of high-end marble work and, mm-hmm. and marble sanding and yeah. uh, uh, restoration work for, I guess, um, certain fixtures, altars and things like that, like churches and all kinds of stuff. So it's like, it's kind of a niche, but he's, he's, done, he's done really well for himself. But mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with him where he was talking about this whole underground construction recycling community mm-hmm. where if you didn't think about it, um, you remember Rom when Rom was doing their crystal yeah. renovation, yeah, yeah, yeah. chunks of those walls mm-hmm. were being sold in this kind of underground community. Yeah. And he was taking pieces of it and bringing it up to his cottage and creating like a smokestack for his like wood burner. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was also being tasked with fix some marble elements in the old BMO building. Yeah. And he was taking the face of one of their banks, like the vault, mm-hmm. and he was repurposing yeah. that. And it's just like, I loved all that. I was yeah. like, that was amazing. But you got to kind of be a part of that world yeah. to find out when it's happening. Right. And the scale of it is, is so challenging. Because we, we create stuff at, at, you know, if we're doing demolition, we create a couple of tons of waste per day. Yeah. You know, how much of that's reusable? Who do you line up for? And the logistics of handling it sometimes. You pick and choose. Kill the deal. Yeah. You've got to pick deal. and choose. I guess it's easier on a commercial application. Huge. Uh, what was that building downtown? Uh, I think it was a Cadillac Fairview building where there was white marble on the outside. They just redid it. About that's the BMO ten. building. Yes. Yeah. So, so all that marble was, was auctioned off and spoken for and... Well, because I think some of the panels started falling off by themselves. <laughs> so it wasn't installed yeah, correctly. That, that gravity thing. And then, uh, you know, I guess the banks weren't hurting that much that they decided to just line the whole building again with more new marble mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. Although I guess a little sh- brighter shade of something. <laughs> Can't imagine what that bill's like. Yeah. Um, but it's smart that you guys are looking at a project and you guys already know where can we be 100% efficient yeah. and, and do things and not fill the bin because you're... Yeah. The debris, right? Yeah, that's right. Or see who else is in the community that can benefit from Absolutely, this yeah. So again, back to the people who come on board with us, uh, sometimes they're, they're new immigrants, like absolutely new. And we're walking out of homes that are high-end yes. homes. Yes. There's stuff in there that they, they repurpose. What, what was a toss-away cutting board is now their cutting board in their apartment. And I, I just love that. I love it. Yeah, just love it. A little yeah. bit of sanding, oil yeah. it again. Too easy. It's brand spanking yeah. new. Or if it's UHMW, just grind it down. Your yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> where do I want to go from here, Patrick? I'm trying to figure out where else. Have, <laughs> what, is, what else have you guys learned uh, about this industry? I mean, you're not interested in getting any other side. You guys have, perf- I, I mean, I'm, you guys have perfected the demo part of this. Well, I'd say we're constantly learning about You're, it. It's an evolution, for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, there's there's always going to be new entrants in terms of new ways of thinking, which we love. And that's one of the benefits of hiring overqualified people into their roles with us, is that they bring new levels of thinking. So that that's one thing. There's always going to be new tools. I mean, one of the greatest innovations in construction, 
and it's so poor in innovations right now, construction, is the battery-powered tool. Yes. I mean, yeah. how, how many of us were walking around with extension cords forever, tripping awesome. over them and all, cutting them in extension half? Extension cords and uh, electrical tape. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> so when it did get cut, yes. <laughs> driving over them with scissor lifts and <laughs> all that stuff. So, so now we've got the battery-powered tool, which is great, right? So all of those things trigger new ways of, of, of uh, working. Like the the orbital tool that does the little uh, oscillating oscillating tool. The Thank oscillating you. The oscillating tool. tool. Yeah, yeah. Who had one of those in the eighties? Uh, only the fine cabinetry people yeah. had those. Yeah, they weren't battery powered. No, no, they were corded. Yeah, probably yeah. most likely fine. Yeah, uh, but they yeah. were uh, they were far and few. Like you yeah. couldn't. Uh, they were unicorns yes. back then. But yes. now everybody has one. Right. Yeah. So we're always learning. There's always new steps. There's always new ways. There's also the building codes always changing. Ministry of Labor. IHSA is always changing. Everything, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So there's always new new and interesting things happening. But then there's also, I, I mean, I want to ask you, you guys have must have found some interesting things in certain oh, homes. Oh, over time. I mean, I, we've all found pop bottles from the 50s yeah. and yeah. newspapers. Like, that's almost yeah. a, a must, right? Yeah. But you guys have must have found this. Two, two things that immediately come to mind yeah. was I, I was pulling up an old floor down somewhere around DuPont. Okay. <clears throat> pulled up the old, you know, the old uh, one-inch oak strip flooring, pulled that up. <clears throat> Subfloors below, 45 degrees with the gap planks. between them. Planks, planks, yeah. 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 Written on it in longhand in pencil, like lead pencil, was November 1940, first snowfall of the year. It just makes you stop and think. It does. Yeah, And you visualize it right yeah, then and there. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, as corny as it is, there was another human here. <laughs> you know, 80 years ago, there was another human here. We're not the first ones. Yeah. No, no, it's, I do the same thing every time yeah. I discover that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, in Leaside, mm-hmm. demolishing a house in Leaside, took out the insulation out of the attic, and there are newspapers. So they put newspapers under the insulation. Yes. A 19, 1940s newspaper with pictures of Hitler. I still have it. Wow. I'm like, yeah, you know, you read it in your history books coming through school. And but then reading it in a newspaper. It just sort of rings it, that bell so much louder, right? Yeah, yeah. wow. And I was going to send it to, there are obviously little local uh, newsletters in there. I was going to say I found Hitler in Lee's side, but that was. <laughs> no, 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 no. poking no, no, the no, bear. No, <laughs> no, you'd be like creating a bunch of trouble with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, you bring up, a, a, a earlier, you brought up a really interesting point that the way we're building today. Yeah. What's that going to look like for demoing tomorrow? That, that's always what I ask. And, and, and this is, again, back to the government. This is a systemic problem. You're creating product and allowing product into the market now that's going to create a problem 25, 30 years from now. So why are you doing that? You've got all the scientists in the world, the top brains in the world, working for the government. So they, they know this. <laughs> they, they, they know it, but their lobbyists are very loud. Yeah. And um, it's a shame because there is a lot of product that's being installed that I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I question, I really question what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one right off the bat was spray foam. Everyone started talking oh, about spray yeah, foam. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been a fan of spray foam, mm-hmm. but now I, I'm a fan of spray foam flashing just for vapor barrier mm-hmm. and that's it. But then I'm, I'm still now, I'm leaning towards just bat. 
yep. and going a double wall assembly and doing all that stuff, right? right? right. And that's just through education. You learn through the whole process. Right. Yep. But all these homes that were either improperly spray foamed or spray foamed way too much or weren't done correctly. <laughs> way too much. Wait, like how is that going to look for tomorrow? Like oh. that's going to be insane for you guys when you go in there and you discover this. Or even like, I guess it, it's probably happening now. Oh, yeah. It's with remodels now. going on right now. Sure. You're taking a house apart. Yeah, yeah. We've, we did a... a uh, <coughs> a garage north of Major Mac and went into the foam. So we pulled down the drywall. The guy must have left the, the spray gun running. <laughs> it, was like, it was like two feet deep. Wow. We could literally walk on it between the ribbon, t- uh, the rafter ribbons. Like just walk on it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let us fall through. What was the purpose of they I just? I think the guy fell asleep with the gun and on and the gun on and yeah. just shooting because it doesn't it. make economic sense to put that much uh, product into. So it. how are you guys just crowbarring it? And no, you can't. You can't. It's like a big mushroom, like a big sponge, right? So you've got to actually cut it out. You can, I can step on it and jump on it; it won't go, won't won't release. It's so re- really basically, good. what's going on today, and what they're approving today, mm-hmm. is just going to. Um, how do we recycle foam? You can't. Yeah, it's flammable to begin with. Yeah, so you can't, and, and I guess you can only bury it. Yeah, that's it. And to what end? Like, how, but then how the chemicals that they're using for primers. Yeah, and adhering membranes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge then, right? Yeah, huge. Yeah. Unless they try to sh- shred it up or something, and it <laughs> starts to go into the asphalt but you can't do that yeah. i don't i don't know like, I, I guess you got to start looking at countries that are actually being really smart mm-hmm. with their recycling techniques right yeah when you yeah. start looking paying attention to other countries that have a zero footprint mm-hmm. when they start recycling things that's yeah. kind of clever right yeah absolutely why but then we go back to the politicians here and why aren't they really doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah and take some initiative and, and and look downstream like one of the things i really woke up to was uh how canadian government policy leans heavily on Canadian manufacturing <clears throat> was when um, I was at one of these events where they, they were giving out merchandise and they were giving out uh, bobbers for people who dropped their keys out of their yeah. canoe. The bobber kept the keys afloat. Yeah. And uh, I happened to get one of those things and I was reading it and I was like, this is a big piece of sponge. And I was just wondering if it could ever hold up a bundle of keys. That's all I was like. But I started reading on it. And I said, imported from another country. Thought that. <laughs> you know, I know where you know it's Yeah. Imported from another country. May contain lead paint. Like, come on. This is a brand new product. Brand new product, off the shelf. I say, okay, so Canadian companies cannot put that in their product. Well, you can import it. Well, we can import it and put it into, this product was destined for our water, right? Because its purpose was to keep our keys afloat in the, in the river or the lake or is whatever. Is it not leaching into the water now? Why? Why is a government do you allow that? It's uh, that's a different argument, a hundred percent different argument, and we could fight that battle all the time. But I mean, I guess we're trying to be as green as possible. You guys are trying to be as green as possible. You as try well. to be, yeah. We all we all know zero is a chase, right? It, of it, course, it may or may never happen, but you got to go. You got to go after that. Try to try to bring it home. Yeah. How do you um, diffuse the neighborhood and the neighbors? Because there's always that you've got the biggest bins showing up. You've yeah. got noise happening. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, lots of machinery going. 
Right. Yeah. Well, saws and things like that. Yeah, sometimes we have excavators in there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, bobcats. So yeah. I mean, it, it's just like this is. Uh, I don't know if this this has got to be a global problem as well, but I just find it particularly interesting in Toronto. It's a Toronto problem. Yeah. Anybody who's not renovating their structure is upset at whoever's renovating yeah. their structure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just just narrow mindedness at it's that a, point. It's hugely. How do you guys diffuse that? Well, we we actually build relationships with the neighbors before we start, so we have a little chat. We say. We're not, <laughs> we're not, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't use the right word here. <laughs> we're not, we are people you can approach. Okay. We are people you can talk to. You can speak to us. Yeah. If we're not responding to you, it's because we're not hearing you. Because we're just, I, if, if I got a chipping gun in my hand, you, you, you better throw a brick or something because yeah. I'm not going to hear you. No, you can't. And, and, and if I'm running a skill saw, I've got to watch what I'm doing. I don't care what you're doing. I worried about all my digits, right? And I'm worried about the people around me. So I say to them, if you don't catch our attention, please come and catch our attention. I say the same thing when we're running excavators. I said, do not walk up on the excavator. Like, throw a two-by-four across in front of me so I'll see it flying through there. That'll catch my attention. Do not walk up on me. So the same thing with our neighbors. We say the same thing. We all know young families have a routine. They're getting kids out in the morning. They're getting kids in in the afternoon. They might have a delivery during the day. So it's all about, if you have anything happening, please let us know. It's in our benefit sometimes to help them get the fridge into the house so we can continue with our work. It's at our benefit to move our trucks so their special needs kids can get their ride to school. Yeah, Their regular kid can get their ride to school. We want that relationship. I mean, they're potentially our next client. Plus so you're just making it a lot nicer. Of a street, right? Because everybody does right. have their life. Life doesn't <coughs> stop, mm-hmm. and everybody has their life. But then you guys also have your life, your mm-hmm. your your construction life going yeah. on at that day. Yeah. But you got to be respectful of everybody. Absolutely, else on the keep everything clean around you. Like back yeah. to get back again to clean as you go demolition. Yeah, just clean as you go. Do not walk out to the bin. The uh, the drywall falls out of your bin. You walk back in and walk over that drywall. We're not doing that. No. We're picking it up on the way back. Well, in. the hands are always full. Somehow the hands are always correct, full. correct, and it really helps you as in that role to think about how am I loading my pail, my bin to carry it out, and I don't want to be picking stuff off the ground, so I, let's load it properly. I will say this: it was an immigrant that actually taught me how to load a bin properly, because mm-hmm. well, I started loading it a certain way, mm-hmm. and then he just stopped me and he just said, "You're wasting so much space yes. in this bin." Yes, and then he showed me. Yeah. How it should be packed. Yeah. And yeah. he did it within minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then ever since then, I've done the exact same Is thing. Is it flat packing? Yes. It's all tight. Uh, it's yeah. almost as if he's the IKEA of dumpsters. You know Correct. what I mean? That's all it is. He's Correct. just there's a there's a little nook and a cranny and a space for every every as it comes out, you yeah. that'll fit perfectly right in there. That'll it's, it's, it's a phenomenal use of your spatial reasoning skills. Yes. It is. It, it is. absolutely is. And we ask our guys in the interview, do they like to play Tetris? Because that's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's adult Tetris. <laughs> it's very, very true. I do. I want to try to figure out, Patrick, how we can... Uh, this parking thing really upsets me. It's always upset me, right? Oh, okay. European has parking where you're allowed to park either south or north or east or west. You can yeah. park both directions on any street. Yes. Canada, for some weird reason, Toronto particularly, yeah. frowns upon that. Right wheel to curb. Yeah, I just can't stand that, man. Yeah. yeah. Why can't we just be more efficient and just have this... But I guess, uh, I don't know what it is. I I'd, say, I'd say to the car share companies out there, there's a truck share model here. 
yeah. where they can create a truck share model for cont- contractors because they have a parked anywhere pass on their car. The share companies do? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have a look at the, I don't know what their names are, but anytime you walk by one on the street, have a look at their decal. Zip, the zip cars one, yeah, I sure, think. Sure, yeah. So they do have that. They can park anywhere. That's got to be a lobbyist thing that they did with the government. For sure. Yeah, because could, could you imagine their overhead for parking if they didn't? So I think I want to start a construction share yeah. business. I'm in with you. <laughs> Truck share. <laughs> Truck share. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very smart. Uh, let's talk a little bit of OBC talk footing, uh, footings we're talking about now. I guess, yeah. are you guys running the whole crew with building code, structure? You guys, are you? What do you t- mean? Well, are you educating? Are we a subcontractor or no, a no, general no, contractor? No, 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 not as general, but are you at least educating them about point loads and beams yeah. and yeah. so they get a yeah. grasp of all that? Beams, great, great, great uh, trigger there. We're doing, uh, we do uh, demolition and then if, if we're working for, for the contractor and they have an underpinning component, we'll do the underpinning as well. Okay. And then I think because labor is in such short supply, they'll ask us to do most of the labor work. So we do excavation. We'll do waterproofing, but only on the job. We're a demolition company first. Yes. And these are all, if, you, if you're stuck and you need help, we'll help you out. You guys will step up. Yeah, we'll step yeah. up. So underpinning. We're doing a job in Midtown. Start underpinning this row house. Go Both down. sides? Uh, so we're, we're yeah, we're, we're, we've occupants either side either of our side. row house. Yes, so we're okay. r- right in the middle. Wow. Start digging down, hit concrete. In the middle of the floor. You go, hmm, this is not right. Now, we all know construction guys dump out a bucket of concrete, a wheelbarrow of concrete, and bury it and whatever. Yeah. So that's what we thought we were into. Start digging. Nope. What was it? Grade beams. Grade beams underneath a house, a row house. I'm like, this is mental. We only ever put in grade beams in commercial. So why? Who authorized? Right. Yeah. So within this space, there was a grade beam. It was off-center. They had longitude and latitude. They crossed it. Yeah, inside the house. <laughs> so, and it was off center. It wasn't like dead down the middle. Like sometimes you can see them put them down the middle to carry the load yeah. of the beam above. Yeah, that wasn't the case. It was off center. So we had to call in the engineer. We it was a two foot by two foot grade beam throughout the building. That's serious. Serious. Didn't know why it was there. Thought maybe there was an old railway station there or something, and it, they just built houses over the top. Or uh, We couldn't figure it out. But the engineer approved its removal. So an underpinning job <laughs> became a demolition, concrete demolition job below grade. I'm trying to think of what the engineer was thinking at the time to approve right. that. And it was old rebar. It was the smooth rebar. Oh, wow. Yeah. You think it's maybe the engineer was there and just looking at the row of houses and thinking that we have to do this in the center? Otherwise, the, the it, whole structure will be compromised. It definitely caused a lot of pause for thought because uh, you you don't spend that much money. That's that was expensive. Yeah, yeah, very very much so, especially back then because they didn't have plywood then. You could see the plank sides where they formed it. That's you, how old you it could was. have almost cut it and used it as a planter outside <laughs> somewhere and used the face of the planks. Right, that guy went to jail in Lisa. <laughs> the guy doing the planter thing. Did he really? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Bruce MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> he was putting body parts into planters. <laughs> oh, that's a different story. That's a difference. I'm talking about the face of it and just using it legitimately. That's what oh, I'm oh, talking oh, about. Oh, right. But it's nice that you discovered that and then solved it. It wasn't yeah. easy to remove. No, we couldn't bring in any machinery. All by ja- just SDS gun? Uh, no, no, use uh, expansive grout. 
Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it. Footings. All right. Footings are required under walls, pilasters, columns, piers, fireplaces, and chimneys on soil or rock, except under piers or monolithic concrete walls if the safe load-bearing capacity of the soil or rock is not exceeded. Footings shall rest on an undisturbed soil, rock, or compacted granular fill. Footings must adhere to the following widths requirements if they support foundation walls of masonry, concrete, or flat insulation concrete. Uh, above ground walls of masonry, flat insulation concrete, or light wood frame, or light wood frame floors and roofs. The span of supported joist is 4.9 meters or less, and the live load of any supported floor is 2.4 kPa or less. Uh, if the strip footing must support one floor exterior wall, footings must be 250 millimeter, which is 10 inches wide, and the interior wall footings must be 200 millimeters, which is 8 inches wide. If the strip footings must support two floors exterior and interior wall footings must be a minimum of 350 millimeters, which is 13 and 3 quarters wide. Footings. trying to figure out what else um do you guys handle all of the no you you let the gc at that point take care of all the uh utilities they'll handle all the power down or, or convert the power for hydro for construction use only yeah right because that's yeah. the first thing when you guys start demoing I, d I did it for my underprinting crew i've always done it for the crews it just rejigged the panel and yeah, oh yeah. Give them the 20 amps that they need. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, on and separate receptacles. As much as we want to talk about, I, I don't know if you guys have gone the whole battery route for all the big jackhammers now, because I know all the brands, they're not strong enough, right? No. Or they they won't last the day. Yeah, there, there's... So, I mean, on paper, they have the same foot-pounds impact and all this other stuff. But then in your hands, and then I don't know, am I lost between the science and what I prefer? I mean, you bring in a guy, you give him a crowbar, he goes, that's not the one I use. Yeah. And, and it's still just a crowbar. But you you got to give some credit to that, that a a, each one of us operate a little bit differently. But in terms of the jackhammers, uh, we're, we're a big fan of the old Bosch S SDS. Yep, the Brutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I think it's 1136 EVS or something yeah, yeah. like that. And then other people love Hilti. Other people love, you know... Wacker Newson. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's whatever right. works for you. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm totally okay with that. Uh, the the when it comes to actually breaking concrete, I always try to get a pneumatic hammer. So really? so you can get the full size toe behind compressor, but you can get a smaller compressor that'll fit on the back of your truck. And you can use a thirty five pound hammer with it. They loud? Oh yeah. They'll knock the world down loud. Yeah. yeah. And vibration like goes right through the world but it it serves its purpose and and faster yes i'm way faster i mean you got to look at it if you've got a person working that tool mm -hmm. and it's a stronger tool it's almost like the same amount of effort that they're doing mm -hmm. to demolish it but they're demolishing it a lot faster now. yeah so it's uh, easier over time it's easier over time yeah. and easier on your body too yeah yeah it's, it's now a one mile run versus a marathon yes yeah which is important so are you so guys mostly bosch and or are you guys are a mixed bag of oh so when it comes well i would say we hang our hat firmly on bosch when it comes to the demolition hammer but yeah. after that it's it's a buffet <laughs> it's whatever works <laughs> yeah at that point right yeah. and then there's all kinds of different i guess pry bars and all kinds of little yeah techniques. so many yeah there's stuff like that yeah. so yeah. I, is there a technique to your madness on on the, when the crews come in you guys are working and demolishing and cleaning starting from the top all the way down or yeah that's yeah there the, is there's that. always a process okay there's so always we're always trying to facilitate the next trade 
So we'll talk to our GC and say, hey, which floor do you want to work on first? Which floor do you need the designer or the engineer to come to back start and look talking at? about yeah, this yeah. stuff? Because they have priorities. Yeah. So what's the point of us clearing out the basement if they've got to figure out if, if the roof is framed properly? We go up and do that first. And then do you guys like doing the underpinning side of the business as well? Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice break from demolition. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that we promote in our crew is task rotation within the day. You're not doing one thing all day to, again, to avoid musculoskeletal disorder. Yeah, yeah. And also to keep your brain engaged. Who wants to be sitting pulling nails out of a floor all day? You do and you don't, <laughs> but you want to be challenged with other things as right, well. Right, So the same thing with underpinning. When we get the underpinning, it gives the guys a break. I mean, I joke around and say, you know, we've got to go up to the local CrossFit box and get the guys down here to do some carrying. Because th they're paying to do it at CrossFit. Why not come and do it for <laughs> with us? Construction CrossFit. Yeah, absolutely. At yeah. that point. Yeah. We'll call it Dirty Fit. How, uh, how, young, <laughs> how young and how older are your crew? Uh, so young, I would say early 20s. Okay. Early 20s. And old, well, you're looking at them. Okay. Yeah. You're still swinging the hammer, Patrick? I, I love it. Really? Yeah, you, it's it's a disease for me. I got to go back and do it. Really? Yeah, I, I'm very kinetic. I, I love the feel of it. And and that's one thing. I've been hired as a consultant before to, to teach people how to demolish stuff. And they'll start doing it based on my instruction and it will go wrong. And they'll ask me what to do next. I say, let me feel it. Like, let me hit it. When I hit it, I know. <laughs> and that's very unscientific. But you actually get it. And guys will do that. Like, they go around, they'll do that to the wall. And they'll tell you what's there. Within like an 80% accuracy, right? So the same thing with concrete. Like you can hit concrete and you can spend all day hitting it or you can hit it and break it. There's a, there's a, there, that's a science to itself. Well, is it or an art? Well, you're, okay, and I agree with you because I've been there before mm -hmm. where you could hit a concrete a certain way and you can hear it, mm -hmm. the reaction of that hit yeah. and feel it the way you've touched it yeah. and you know where to hit it next as a right. result of that. right. Yeah. Right, right. And there's also the way you use a sledgehammer. So we know about compression loads and point loads, right? Yes. So you can use a, a head of a hammer to be a point load or be a compression load. So if you give it full face of a 10-pound hammer, I call that a compression load. It gets full, like, mash. Yes. And then if you want a point load, you just use the edge of the head, head of the hammer. So you're looking at shear force or crush force. It's, it's truly the deconstruction of construction where instead of rebuilding everything, you guys are debuilding everything. Right. Uh, and in a way that doesn't get you knocked on the head. No, I, that's true too. But then you also have the problems where you guys discover beaver construction and all the notches Absolutely. out of certain things. Oh. And, and, and certain things are going to be left weak if you start removing it. Right. Without yeah. consulting. And yeah, you have to know. You yeah. have to, the biggest thing I say is you have to know where to stop. Yes. You have to know where to stop. You have to know what looks wrong. It's too easy to have blinders on and just keep on going. Right. And right. again, back to some consulting work I've done. I've had a new entrance to the market call me up and go, I think we pulled out a load-bearing wall. Can you come look at it? And there was one job I went out to look at out in Oshawa. And the guys had gone down the middle of the basement and took out the wall. Like it was, It's obviously something you don't do if you know Canadian construction. Yes. But they had took down the full wall. Right so did down. they have brick columns and a full, like a, and, and a beam? The, no, there was nothing there when I got there. The oh, no, no, but that's what it was, right? Yes, yes. The so main floor was... It was already sagging. Yes, and separating from the partition walls in the kitchen and the bathroom. How, how did they not know that that was not a, a lot? So they got, first of all, new entrance into the market. So they don't know. They, don't, they just didn't know. Second of all, they're not working upstairs. So nobody's going upstairs to 
wash their hands just to see what check going. on the tools yeah. nothing so there was no evidence that anything was going wrong yeah so that's where it gets a little scary it does because a house can collapse absolutely and then you're in it yeah it's so dangerous many, right? so many jobs have gone that way yeah, yeah randomly gone that way because you're really not understanding as much as you're experienced you're constantly on your guard to exactly how was this built and did like we all joke around you know oh that that car was uh built on a friday because they forgot to put the muffler That's on the it or running something. joke yeah. right right yeah. so same thing with a, with a house uh, how you know on a cassette plate on a joint did the guy put in all the screws did he not he put all the screws in on this side and skipped the other side because he's going home early it's true. We don't know. So you, you know? need to have visual inspections all the time Absolutely. or be aware of it. And, and, and it's, it's an onion, right? So you, you walk in with finishes on the wall. You cannot see the structure. No. No, no home inspection is going to tell you. No abatement inspection is going to tell you. They're all dealing with surface inspections. Yes. Visual inspections. Yes. You're the one peeling back the layers. So then you must know what's right and what's wrong. Like a, a chim chimneys are great. Like they're a great example of that. Is that all of the masons working in Toronto work on chimney stacks above the roof line? Yes. They can't work in the attic space. So it might be a foot if you're lying on your stomach. And how are you going to work on all four sides when it's stuck in at the soffit? You, you can't, just can't yeah, do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So now with the new epoxy mortars, it's no longer sand and cement. It's epoxy mortar that will absolutely bind the brick. So when you tuck point, you cut out the first, what is it, an inch yeah. of mortar? Yeah. And then you put in epoxy mortar. So that means the outside is bulletproof. And I mean epoxy mortar is bulletproof. Yes. The inside of it, not so much. So as you come down to the roof line, everything is perfect. When you go to the flashing, whether it took off the flashing or not, we don't know. You have to investigate that. But as soon as you go below the roof line, all of that mortar is sand and cement. That's how it was built. It's been heated and cooled for decades. It's powder. It's powder. It's weak. So you literally can put your hand on the chimney and go, eh, and it'll go over. So now a person who doesn't have that experience or that insight will come. They'll set themselves up on the roof. They're here to demolish the chimney. We're all doing direct vent right now. So we'll just bring it below the roof line, close up the roof, and we're all happy. Don't want to deal with this chimney thing anymore. It's epoxy mortar. It's maybe got a concrete cap on it. Maybe... Patrick, who built it in 1980, <laughs> found a few extra pieces of metal and put it in the concrete. Thought it was a great idea. Just like care. Yeah. So, so now you've got to really go hard on that piece. But your weakness is below you. And it, if you're not aware, you can start bullying that thing and cause a, an involuntary collapse. Am I fair to say, Patrick, that your crew is almost military-like? Because uh, not only... No, no, when I say that, I mean um, you've got a crew. You've got more than one person tackling a room. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be aware of what they're oh, doing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, cross training. That, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent right? right. So they th like that. That person is aware of the person that's in front of them, beside yeah. them, behind yes. them. Yes. And they're also aware of you in the center. Yes. That kind of thing. Yes. Because you can't just keep on running and gunning and doing stuff. That's right. You all, as a crew, like a team, a yeah. unit, yeah. you have to be aware of, of the actions yeah. that everybody's doing. Yeah, and you have each other's back. I yes. mean, back to the military analogy. One of the things I, I tell the guys is when you're walking in with the tools in the morning. If someone's extension cord is dragging behind their heels and a trip hazard, you've got to call it. And the military do that. Like when you're walking in line, going out, out, out on, on duty, you're watching the guy in front of you. You're watching his or her backpack. 
if the zipper is undone and the gear is hanging out, you let them know. Yeah. So, so the same thing with our guys is that we're watching for each other. And I teach them to be aware of energy levels. Because when you get tired, you, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. So you need to step out. You need to step out. Take you, a break. Yeah, if you're wrestling a 35-pound pneumatic hammer and it was great fun when you were full of coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning and now it's 9.30, tap out. It's Pass the gun to someone else. Yeah. Pass that, that jackhammer gun to someone else and, and move on. Because you're yeah. only as good as the unit. Right. And who wants to get hurt? Like Jeepers, Nobody. we don't show up to get hurt. No. Yeah. And if there's macho in the world, we'll, we'll dial that down. We'll dial it down and say, listen. Like I go, I joke around and say, I'm ripping this house down with my chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Not my guns, my chicken wings. You, you need more brain than bronze, man, when it comes to this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you need to be thinking, yes. for sure. I mean, we, we hire guys who are the best at demolition, and sure as heck they are. They'll go in and blow up a room, hand grenade, hand grenade demolition. And then if their ego's big enough, they'll sit aside and go, I'm done the demolition. You need to get the <laughs> other guys to clean up. I'm like, well, no, no, that's, that's not part of the demolition. That's being a demolition guy. Yeah, demolition technician, we call them. Yeah. How many more years are you going to be doing this for? I, you see, I don't... If you love it so much, how do you stop it? I, you know, I'm so blessed in that way. Like, I, I've done third-level education. I've worked in mainframe computing. I've worked in so many different places. This causes me no pain. I get up every morning. I'm like, where do I have to be? I'm not like, oh my God, I have to, have be. to be. And I'm going to meet Francis or Mary or John or Joe. Nah, none of that. I'm so blessed. So blessed. Happy, 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 blessed. And the, uh, it's a physical job too. Like, you <laughs> We're not putting on weight. No, <laughs> no, I know. We're not muscle, but we're not yeah. putting on, or what do you call that, uh, fast food defenses. We don't yeah, have fast yeah, food defenses. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like, and I tell the guys, I said, we're... A wheelbarrow of concrete weighs how much? I have no idea. A yeah. lot. A lot. And it's dynamically it's dynamically moving all the time, right? It's moving dynamically. You can't get that in the gym. No. You can put 80 kilos on each side of the bar and it goes up and down, up and down. A wheelbarrow goes... The strength in your wrists and your forearms honestly. and your shoulders and all how yeah. your body works and connects yeah. it all together. And if you eat properly, sleep properly and stretch, you're not going to burn out. As quick. I mean, eventually we all burn out. Of course, and you yeah. need those breaks. But yeah. are are you? How do you teach that to the younger generation, younger Canadian generation? A, a lot of humor. Okay. A lot of humor. Okay. You know, I I really have to say that we use a lot of humor to uh, to get the point across. Because you know what, people don't like to be talked down to. No. People who come into construction at the labor level don't want this. I want to do a multiple choice question. You know, I, I'll do use a lot of humor to get through the day. Yeah, and, and to get the point across. And, and there's a lot of self-depreciating humor, yeah. right? And the guys who, who get that as a joke, it's not a put-down, it's not a, I can't get no respect on the job. It's like, no. And that's one thing about the young guys, too, is that they, they came to us. You were asking about recruiting earlier? Yeah. I, I, for a couple of years, I was getting this, you know, this guy doesn't respect me, Patrick. You know, you're, 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 you're a four-man man. He doesn't respect me. And I'm, I'm trying my best to imitate him, but doing a bad <laughs> job here, right? And I'm trying to figure out what's this respect thing because we're going to work. That's what we're doing. We've got a set of drawings, got a deadline. We've got a scope of work for our contract. We've got health and safety to worry about. We've got tools to worry about. We've got neighbors to worry about. We've got all the things you do. Respect? Where's this thing? And then I realized through conversations, the tough conversation again, is that they had an idea of how they should be treated based on their external, external to a job site world. Yes. So whatever that was, 
if they're a great soccer player, if they're a great rapper, if they're a great whatever, they expected a certain position. So I eventually changed the whole script. I said, look, there's a thing called job site culture. And the only thing we respect is getting the job done. You walk onto any job and start working, nobody will stop you. You want a job? Just walk in and start working. Yeah. And if the guy says get lost, you say, thank you. I'm just looking for a job. Do you know one else who's looking for, looking for help? Because I'm here to help. I guarantee you you'll get a job. 100%. Guarantee you. <laughs> no, so that's the respect. The respect is getting the job done. The respect is getting out of each other's way. The respect is helping each other. We're all part of a jigsaw puzzle that's moving towards a finished product. Let's do that. Let's shake hands and keep moving. I wish more and more were like that. It, you know what? There's the, it's, it's coming. It's coming, yeah. It's fading out. It's yeah. fading out. Like, I have to say that a few uh, experiences uh, last year really put me back in the old days. Like back in the old days. And I, I was glad I was there for my crew because they wouldn't, they weren't, this was stupid, stupid land. Stupid really, land. yeah? Yeah. Uh, it was a guy, I was asked to do some concrete work. And it's, it's merging on public property. So the guy was putting in interlock. And I could see that that didn't look right. And I didn't trust my eye. So I put a two by four on top of it. And it wasn't right. Okay. <laughs> so I went to the site super. And I, I know this guy, obviously, a long time. I go, look, at, I'm going to do my concrete. I'm going to do it to elevation. And I'm going to do it level. You should know that the other stuff won't match. And I'm going to be level. That's not going to match. Whatever you want to do about it, it's up to you. I'm not doing that, but I don't want you to tell me my work is bad. This is where I'm going. Yeah. You want me to match that? I'm doing it true. Yeah. Or you want me to match it? Yes. Right. Obviously, he doesn't want to match it. So the guy who was doing the work come up to me and goes, hey, what are you talking to the super about? And I go, that. He goes, what do you mean? He went over to two by four. You can see the air gap underneath it. So the two ends are suspended up. And the, the guy kicks the two by four away. He goes, we shouldn't be doing that here. You don't need to be doing that. I go, dude, I'm doing concrete. It's all good. So I went on about my concrete. Back to the friggin' jail yard with this guy. He comes around the back of the building and says, uh, next time you do that, I'm going to knock you out. I'm like, really? Where's the sensibility there? Well, where, where are we? Where yeah. are we? He goes, and then he tells me, of course, he's bringing another culture to the job site. I go, well, that's cool. I said, well, you should knock me out now then. Because <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> if we're going to do this, let's do this. Just do it now. Yeah, and the guy goes, no, 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 no. But I'm telling you, the next time you say something about my work, I'm knocking you out. I go, okay, but now is good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, you want to set up an appointment? <laughs> like, come on. It's so ridiculous. It's so childish. So childish. But it's still there. And yeah. I'm, I'm telling everybody I meet that, you can't be doing that out no. of any level of respect. Even back in the day, that wasn't right. Everybody no. knew it wasn't right. Everybody would have had their stubby beer yeah. and would have spoke up yeah, in yeah. every possible language. Right, right. Well, a Portuguese and Italian yeah. would have been it, right? And so, they would have spoken up with yeah. their broken Portuguese and a broken English, yeah. uh, Italian. That's, a, that's just how it would have been. The site would turn against you. Yeah. It would turn, so, so this type of stuff <laughs> still exists in, in little microcosms. And thank God, like, it's been... 15 years since I b bumped into that. that yeah. But it showed up. It's still there. And it's still there like a little wart on your somewhere. <laughs> are we still discovering, I mean, we're getting close to ending the show, but are we still discovering um, those 9 by 9 asbestos tiles, vinyl? Absolutely, yeah. Still discovering still, that still crap, there. Eh? It's still in joint compound. 
joint it's, compound. Yeah, right? it's still in. The, it's That's right. There was a, a lot of asbestos in joint compound. Yeah. and also drywall. Drywall and uh, acoustic tile. Still uh, in there. And right? we looked at the building at where, you know, where's uh, Queens um, City Hall where to do the Queens Park. Queens Park. Yeah. Yeah. The building on the opposite corner, on the south side, southeast corner. So we we went to quote the demolition of their glazing there. They were redoing the glazing. The silicone had asbestos in it. How did the silicone have asbestos? Why would the silicone have asbestos? That's exactly right. That's a, that's a very good question. Why would they have? So could you imagine the abatement process for that silicone on uh, <laughs> on a swing stage? You'd have to vacuum seal the whole. I don't know how they did it. We didn't get the contract, but but they still removed it. Yeah, it was done. And I'm I'm going down there, you know, down on all the various jobs you go around and stuff like that, and you go, hmm, should I be walking <laughs> under this yeah, building? Because you don't know what exactly is airborne <laughs> right. right now. Well, well, listen, if any one of us have been in the TTC tunnel, uh, we've been exposed. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me share a little bit of Green Book Hazards of Concrete. Uh, one of concrete's main components, of silica. course, is silica. That's exactly it, right? Yeah. Uh, but you guys are all, you have to be nowadays. And it's yeah. not just because... Of, Concrete was always making a push for it, but there's more, far more dangers in other materials as well, too, right? That people are not aware of. Yeah, drywall is the big one, right? Drywall is the big one. Yeah. People that are actually in drywall industry, mudding, sanding, all this other stuff, they're uh, so easy to not put their masks on. And the HVAC guys, HVAC guys as well, too. Down in the old furnaces, like they're brutal. They're, it looks like plaster of Paris around the old old oil furnaces. That has to be gone before you go in there. But those guys go in and do repairs. And the repair is a minor repair. And they take the risk. But that's a, that's a huge risk that they won't discover for decades. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah, it comes back. Uh, dry concrete can irritate eyes, nose, throat, throat, and upper respiratory system. Skin contact can cause moderate irritation and even thickening, cracking of the skin. Exposure to silica dust over long periods of time can cause silicosis yeah. and or lung cancer. This is exactly what we we're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. When working with dry concrete, wear an N95 uh, minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, use soap and water to wash the, t- uh, the dust off the skin. Eat and drink only in dust-free areas, which we joke about the fingertips being clean at the end of the day, but mm. we should be a little more conscious of it. Uh, concrete dust enters the eyes, flush eyes, using full eye wash stations. Uh, wear um, alkali, alkali-resistant gloves. Is that right? Alkali. Alkali, yeah. yeah, yeah Long sleeves, full-length pants, waterproof boots, and eye protection. Yeah. Wash contaminated skin areas with cold water and non-alkaline uh, soap, and then ASAP to prevent chemical burns. If wet concrete enters the eyes, use the eye wash station for at least 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, consider going to the hospital if you need it. Patrick, spin so a blast, man. What are we? Well, no pun intended. <laughs> what else do we want to share before I get to the twelve questions? Or well, we can go back to the concrete thing. You, you want to talk? The silica, that's a big. Yeah. I, I I always find it fascinating because I've been through a number of trade shows, and you go to the world of concrete, you go to mm. IBS, you go to all kinds of trade shows, and it's always a huge push for concrete. And but I still I, I always kind of push equally for other things. Mm-hmm. But concrete is um, everyone is so quick to just do a quick cut, quick sand, quick grind quick mm-hmm. whatever but mm-hmm. they're not realizing they're inhaling all this stuff yeah yeah in in europe back to your european thing about parking uh in europe you have to use water whatever you're cutting as suppression when you're cutting like yeah. you you see the work crews public work crews going down the street they have the quick cut in one hand and have the water can in the other and it's attached to the saw they're not allowed to create the plumes of silica dust that they do it here all the time all the time all the time all the time you'll be in a neighborhood a small neighborhood a yeah. tight neighborhood yeah, it looks like a fog yes 
Yeah, no, it's wrong. It's wrong. And there's water at every house. I remember I remember I was on a job and it was another job site not too far from where I was working and they were doing that. They were doing landscaping. They were cutting all the, mm-hmm. the, the pavers mm-hmm. and they were creating that holes plume yeah and it, it looked like a movie set at that point right yeah, it was beautifully sure. backlit by mother nature yeah and um i just went up to him i was going guys can you please put on a hose here he goes no nah, don't worry don't worry my boss is going to give them all car wash coupons to take care of their cars yeah, that's not your health worry about the car wash <laughs> i don't give a shit about the pain on the car <laughs> yeah i'm caring about what everybody in the neighborhood is breathing that's yeah. what i'm caring about yeah and the knock-on effect is lying in the bushes and the kids come by the next day. Exactly. And they toss their frisbee or their ball into the bush. Or and then it goes airborne. Yeah. And now the kids are breathing. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's terrible, man. Dust mitigation is a big thing. Demo for your reno. I love what you guys are doing, man. I love Thank it. You. It should be a manual. You guys should start selling it out there and telling everybody <laughs> that. I'm telling you the truth. And first of all, I love that we started the show. with, And, and we're going to get Ashley on the show because I'm a huge Like, I love this. I joked. I didn't joke about it when I had the, the massage therapist on my job site. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a serious thing, and I would That's have continued awesome doing thing. it. Everybody, I, I've always told everybody on the show, we have a perishable skill. And if Absolutely. you don't take care of your body and your mind, mm. it's going to deteriorate a lot faster than it yeah. really needs to. Yeah. So everyone should be paying attention. www.demoforyourrental.com. Patrick at demoforyourrental.com. And on Instagram, it's demoforyourrental. And also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Are you ready for the 12 questions? Hit me. 12 disciples. Here we go. <laughs> what is your favorite construction word? Impressive. What is your least favorite construction word? Wait. What turns you on in construction? Promoting talent. What turns you off in construction? Old school macho crap. <laughs> It doesn't exist anymore. We, are, uh, we have less hair in our bodies now. We <laughs> yeah, don't need yeah. it now, we right? All we all shave. <laughs> we all shave. We all shave, wax, and exfoliate. What is your favorite curse word? This comes from uh, some of the guys I used to work for in the with in the eighties from the east coast. The guys okay. from Newfoundland. They were okay. Brilliant, brilliant workers. Sadly missed in Toronto. I have to say, we don't have enough Newfoundlanders oh. working in Toronto. Oh. So uh, this guy said this one morning. It's still in my head, like thirty years later. He, and I'm going to try to do a Newfie accent without insulting anybody. <laughs> so the guy says to me, Pat boy, he was moving so slow. On the way to work this morning, he met himself on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. S- salt of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honest to God. Yeah. That's what they are. Honestly, we need more of that missed, in the industry. Missed, sadly missed. Yes. What is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? The Unimog. Oh, I know you exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. What is your least favorite? The Nissan Cube. Oh, fuck it. Hit the ugly tree, huh? <laughs> Every branch, man. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? I love uh, a turbo diesel engine coming up to speed. Like mm-hmm. when, especially when it's going into heavy torque work. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Silence. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I would have uh, had... Uh, a professional athlete. Which sport? Is there a particular one? I say biathlon. Really? Yeah. Still time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being optimistic. <laughs> yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Parking enforcement. <laughs> I always feel for them because they get the brunt of everything. I yeah. know, I know, I yeah. know. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Uh, get in here. There's more work to do. Patrick, man, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This has pleasure, been an absolute Manny. pleasure, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are doing amazing stuff. And, thank you. And, you and I love, 
I love that you answer that one question that you get excited about promoting people. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing we it's have. It's a community. It's not yeah. a competition. Yeah, it's man. the only thing we have. That's all. That's the only way you're going to better the industry, man. Agreed. I'd love to get you back. I'd love to get everybody else back on the show. Sure, we'll yeah. Talk for we'll bring sure. in Ashley and David yeah. and yeah. AJ. It'll be good. It'll be lots yeah, it'll of be fun. Yeah, it'll be a great panel. You won't have a moment <laughs> of quiet, I tell you that. A moment of silence. <laughs> Everyone, check them out. Reach them out for the next job. Demo for your rental. Triple W, demo for your rental.com. Patrick at demo for your rental.com. And all over social media, demo for your rental. Thank you, Angelina. Thank you, Angelina. <laughs> we are Addy.